Lippin' Sopa. Busy Lippin' Sopa. All right, today is Wednesday, December 26th. Tomorrow is December 27th, 2018. I'm really, really excited for today's podcast because it is with Louise. And tomorrow, God willing, she makes it through tonight. She will have one year of continuous variety. You think you're going to make it? I will. <laughs> tell me how it feels. Tell us. Tell us, tell us, tell us. It feels, it, it, it is absolutely wonderful. Um, I am so grateful. This Christmas has been the best Christmas I've ever had. Um, it's, it, it just, this year has been the best year I've ever had, I can ever remember. Um, it is just, I, I've had the most peaceful days, whether I'm by myself or whether I'm with my children, um, with my family, it was different this year. You know, I, last year was, was awful. It, um, I managed to really mess up Christmas. Um, it's no secret to anybody. And, um, I just, this year is, is such a gift. It's a gift. But when you say, because I want you to think back because you said you really messed up Christmas, but how were you physically and emotionally a year ago? Well, let me paint the picture. Okay. I, uh, on on Christmas Eve, I can remember, I mean, I, I was able to have enough energy to be able to buy some gifts. I I was completely unorganized. I... I, the, there was stuff in my car. There, were, the, you know, I, I tried to go out to dinner on Christmas Eve. I was drunk. I came home. My kids didn't come home with me um, because of my condition. So, I, I, I did. You know, I, I thought I'd wake up early in the morning and wrap the gifts and finally get my act together. And you know, it just didn't happen. And the kids came a lot earlier than what I had had asked their father, um, I had asked them to bring them around 11 and they came early. And of course, you know, I immediately was angry, not because I had been drunk and I couldn't get my act together, but because he brought them earlier than what I had asked. And, um, and so it was just, it's, it was just a mess and they came in and the kid, the, I had them go to the car to get the, I, I couldn't even get off the couch. Um, I was so weak and I was in such a, it wasn't even like the feeling of having a hangover and having the bed, you know, the, the spins. It wasn't like that. It was almost as if I, I felt my body shutting down, like literally shutting down uh, with no exaggeration. Uh, I'm not trying to make this story sound worse than what it was for effect. It just was... It, 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 I, I really felt like I was getting near the end. Like you were going to die. Absolutely. I, I knew I was going to die if I did not get help or I didn't, you know, if something didn't happen in the next couple of days, it was going to be over for me. I could feel it. I felt my body just shutting down. I mean, it was so thin. I couldn't even walk up two steps on the side of my house without grabbing onto something. I couldn't go up the steps. It was just, my legs felt, truly felt like they were 300 pounds each. That's how heavy they were. And I was so dehydrated. Um, I couldn't lift my hand. I couldn't drink. I was drinking those insurers. But I, I, I literally, I would drink like a little sip and it was just 
like backwash. I, I just, I wasn't even, I couldn't even sip a sip, but I was still drinking, mind you. I was still drinking and throwing that up and then trying to have the insurer and then I would go back to the wine and then I'd throw that up. I mean, it was just, it was so horrible. I just can't even believe it was me that was, that that was me a year ago. That's what I, that's what I was in. That, that was the world I was living in. And tell us what happened. So you had the Christmas Eve and you send the kids to the car. They don't now realize that there's a Santa Claus because they still believed at that point, right? I think, I mean, did they or didn't they? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm thinking that maybe they did. And I always think kids try to hold on a couple years out thinking that they're, <laughs> that they if they say they don't believe, then they won't get as much. I don't know. But, um, you know, if there's anybody responsible for them knowing that there's no Santa, it would be me. Um, and so they came and they got their gifts and then I I don't know. I I don't remember. I I know that I was, um, I don't, I don't really know. They left. Did you go to, they they left. And then when did you go to the hospital? I went to the hospital on the day after Christmas. So today? Today I was in the hospital at Bryn Mawr and, um, my best friend came best friend from college she came and stayed with me and I didn't even for a second think oh my gosh this this poor girl is coming out the day after Christmas and just leaving her family and pretty much staying with me around the clock until they could get me into or my family could get me into a rehab so she you know I had some um some stuff I had to tie up. I had my car was in the shop. I had a rental. I had to get rid of that. Like, there was nothing I could do by myself. If if she was not here with me, I would not be here today because I would have found. I would have ran away. I don't know what I would have done. I would have gotten in my car and I would have just driven off a cliff. I don't know. But I know that I by myself, physically and mentally, would not have been able to get myself up and out this door to, into a rehab. I mean, I, I, I thank God for her every day because I, it was, it was, um, it was so horrible. I mean, I had moments that I still remember laughing with her because she was so, um, she, <laughs> when she was trying to pack for me, it was just funny. It was just, you know, the funny banter between two women talking about, you know, fashion here, I'm heading to a rehab and I'm trying to follow the protocol of the you know business casual when I know it's going to be sweatpants and leggings but um and so she was also following that and we were you know I I, like I could hardly even move my arm up in the air and she was you know asking me questions about do you think this looks good with that and so I mean you know she's your angel and thankfully there are pockets of you know of laughter you know and and every recovering alcoholic knows that that you know that that's the the silver lining is there are things that you can look back and laugh about and you do it doesn't take away from the seriousness of the of the situation it's just that sometimes some levity to the situation does does help um and then you went to you went to father martin's ashley we can say the name of the rehab that you went to Mm -hmm. and you went there and were you scared to go there were you excited kind of well i was scared um no, I mean I had I had given in, I had accepted it. I I was ready. I I mean, if I didn't have children, I I would have I would have Ubered it there, you know, on my own. You know, I would have I wouldn't have I I didn't I didn't care about leaving other than leaving my children. But I knew that they 
like anybody else who has a loved one going into a rehab, it's that feeling of, you know, peace for them. So I knew I was giving them peace by knowing that I was safe, them knowing I was safe and that I was going to be taken care of. And Lord knows how how scared they were that I was going to die. I mean, you know, you can't really hide a loss of 35 pounds on an already, you know, medium to small frame. You know, it just, it's no hiding that. Um, so I think I, I was ready and it, and it was, um, it was sad, but I felt like everything just lined up perfectly. And, my, and you got, and the roommate, yeah. you had a roommate and you ate the food and you just did everything I told you to do. Well, what was interesting is that my roommate, my initial roommate, um, was so bad off. She was, I've never seen somebody not drink and stay drunk as long as she stayed drunk and, and snored and, and reeked of alcohol. Um, it was almost as if it, it, it was meant to be that I was so inconvenienced by her situation. Um, and I got to see what I look like. I mean, rarely do we know what we look like other than if someone snaps a picture of us passed out on a couch, but how often do you do you ever get to see what you really truly look like um, when you're passed out or when you know just and and I saw it and God was it ugly, it was oh. not attractive. It smelled. It was it was gross. gross. It was, and it sounds and it sounds did she, we don't know if she ever made it. Did she did. I mean, by the time I left, she you know she wasn't my roommate anymore because I got out of detox before she did and. Um, but she, yeah, she was all, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed when, when I left. So we hope she's still sober today. I do. I, you know, so then you did. And when you were there, you took direction. You did what they said for you to do. And I did. I mean, and, and I, I, I loved it there. I thought it was absolutely the right place for me. Um, you know, I think everybody, everybody that I know, I mean, that have gone to rehabs, I mean, there's a dozen different ones of people that I know that went to, um, and, and, you know, Father Martin, that worked for me. They had, they, they, their focus was obviously on addiction, but then it was also on, um, you know, depression and anxiety and, um, you know, those things that, that compound the disease that, you know, exasperate it. And, and I never, I never was able to look at those things or delve into them and see how much they played a, a, a role in, in my sobriety or, and, and my gosh, it, it, it was huge addressing my anxiety. I don't, I don't have any of the anxiety I had before. I mean, I couldn't even go over a bridge without my hands slipping off the wheel because they were so sweaty and, you know, and my hands would start shaking and I just would have panic attacks all the time, all the time. And now have you had one? I have not had anything, not even remotely close. I, I mean, I, I thought that the things that outside of just being depressed and miserable about my life personally, I, I thought that the other things that caused me anxiety, whether it was driving over a bridge or a thunderstorm driving in the rain or, you know, anything like that, I, I experience now. I mean, the, the weather hasn't stopped. You know, like, I mean, I, I, everything that that still that happens now that used to happen that that threw me into such an anxiety attack just doesn't happen anymore. Oh my gosh, it's, it's like gone. another gift. Mm -hmm. And so, when you left there, were you like, "This is like, like a year"? So, I guess it's like eleven months ago. We're going to think about it. so eleven months ago when you left Father Martin's. How did you feel? And did you think 
how, like, how did you do it? How did you get to where we are today? I, I, I was just talking to a friend of mine about this, and I said, you know, I think the difference is now, um, and I think I've said this before on the podcast, that it's just, it's, um, it's the acceptance, it's the surrendering to the fact that my life from now on, it, it doesn't have, it, it, ha- it has nothing to do with drinking. It won't ever, I mean, if you keep that door slightly cracked to say that you will, that maybe someday, and I know, and like I've said, I, I, I know it works for some people to say today, I won't drink. And I think that's, that's wonderful. And I say the same thing too, because truthfully, I do not know what tomorrow is going to bring. But for me, what helped me was just knowing and accepting the fact that I will never drink again. I'm still living in the moment. I'm still living in the second, but I'm not going to ever drink again. I can't leave that door cracked because that that always that always gave me this little tiny hope that 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 day would come. And until I closed that door, I I I could never wrap my head around it completely. And I just didn't have the I didn't have the desire when I got out of the first rehab. I mean, I I just kind of walked the walk and I. I talked the talk, but I didn't, I didn't, I, I just, it just didn't click. I wanted everybody to know that I was making it on my own. I was strong and I was, I, I was okay. And, and I wasn't, mm. I was miserable. Um, and uh, now I just don't, I don't, you know, are there times I was saying to my mother, yeah, you know, yesterday when my kids left with their father, there was just this flash of a moment. It was such a flash that I just felt like strange. And I know that in my in the past, had that been that mo- moment and I was still in, in the phase of drinking, that would have been my go-to. Like I would have just ran over to the, you know, to a bottle and, and poured a glass. But it, it, because that's how I drank. I drank to to, you know, medicate myself, to get rid of the sadness, the depression, um, you know, my, my, uh, my mother-in-law or ex-mother-in-law, whatever you want to call her, uh, you know, she died Christmas Eve. And, you know, I had a moment when they left to just think about that because I really hadn't had a chance to, to think about it. So it was just, but I didn't have to drink. I didn't have to, you know, and I didn't have to worry that even for, if for it was one second that I thought about my old life and how that would have been a time that I would have drank doesn't mean I have to be scared. It just means it was such a big part of my life. You know, it was just such a big part. I drank <laughs> for really everything. I didn't celebrate that much with drinking, but it, everything else I used that as an excuse to drink. And this whole year, you've gone through birthdays, you've gone through 4th of July, you've gone through your birthday, your kids' birthdays, Christmas vacations, again, yeah. vacations, summertime, mm-hmm. all these times that when you would have been drinking, and did you ever miss it? I didn't. And But but I think, and uh, you know, I, I don't want to get too deep about it but I I really just want to put this message out there that I think that if people I how do I word this I think that people need to or should really focus on the things that are troubling um, 
the the obstacles that they have, the sadness or the, you know, what the root of everything, the depression, the sadness, the anxiety, all that stuff. Because if you don't address that and you don't look at that, whether that, you know, and I'm not soliciting, you know, medication, but, but I mean, there, you know, anxiety is anxiety. It's, it's, you know, it's a mental illness and, and, you know, you have, I mean, it's, it's, there are things to help that. And I just, for me, if I hadn't had the tools, whether it was medication in the beginning or the the group meetings, and if I didn't have that, I don't know if I would be where I'm at right now because simply not drinking doesn't, doesn't solve those problems. I need to know that when I walk into a family party and there's drinking or I get in an uncomfortable situation at work or I have a f- fight with my best friend that I'm going to know how to handle it. Because it was really easy before to just grab a bottle of vodka and pour a glass. You know, now I, I, those problems are still there. I still experience altercations with people. I still have days that I get depressed. I still have anger moments, but I don't, I just don't react to them the same way. And my reaction was picking up a drink and I can't do that now. So I have to figure out another way to cope. Um, and I just, I just, I always just want to put it out there that I think, I think that that people have to look at, and that's why I'm glad I went to the rehab that I went to because they put a lot of emphasis on the anxiety and the depression because they are, they are, they are huge. They're yeah. huge components to the whole thing, to the alcoholism because people, it it goes hand in hand, and I mean statistically. I, I don't know what it is. I wouldn't even begin to guess, but there is a, a, a huge number of people that, that suffer from, you know, depression and anxiety along with alcoholism. And well, it's, it all falls under the same umbrella. When you, right. when you go to insurance companies, it all falls under, you know, mental health. And alcoholism is but a symptom of that mental health that we have, problems yeah. that we have. It, you, to, you said something to one of your friends today. You texted her. She was going to get into a situation and what did you say to her? I said, I said, no expectations equals no disappointment. And if there's one thing that I can say has helped me tremendously in this prog in, in my progress and in, 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 in my sobriety is is really not having expectations. You know, going to I mean, I was with my family for Christmas Eve, and you know. It's hard for everybody. I'm not any different. You know, you're, you're not, you don't live with your family anymore. And, you know, and, and there's tension, there's differences, different opinions, different agendas. And I just don't go into it the same way I used to. I'm not expecting anybody to be any way towards me, with me, about me. And when I don't have those expectations, I, I can't, I can't get disappointed because yeah. there's nothing to be disappointed about. And how are you with your spiritual life? What do you think about spiritual life? Like, how how does that affected you in the past year? Um, I I think I'm very spiritual. I mean, I I think I've always thought, I've always talked to people and said that I was very spiritual. But but was I? I don't I don't know. I I think I'd like to think I was, but when it comes down to it, now I I I know that I. I mean, I I believe in God. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that, you know, stars line up for a reason. I believe that I'm in the place I'm in now because of letting 
letting go and letting God, you know, not take over by any means, but just allowing things to be what they are. Um, and just, you know, accepting what you are given. And it's very interesting because you've, you've talked on here about how you're, you know, you've been going through a divorce and you're going through your housing crisis and you're like, what am I going to do? And fill us in on how you've dealt with that. Cause it's a really a huge, huge, huge thing. It's, it's really so simple. And that is that I just, I, it's, it's, it's one day at a time as, you know, cliche as that sounds. I mean, it just really is one day at a time. I have to just, I, I cannot look to into tomorrow. I, I, I literally wake up and I, I, I do what I have to do. I don't avoid things anymore. I get what I have to get done. I, I today I did things that were proactive regarding my home um, and a possible foreclosure. But, but I, beyond that, I'm, I'm, I'm not invested because I can't be, it doesn't change anything. It just, it just gives me anxiety and I don't need that. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. No, you're just writing through it. And you used a word to me earlier today and I have to remember what the context was in, but maybe you'll remember hope. (sighs) Do you have hope today? I do have hope today. Like, and hope in that, in hope only can live in the now, just like anything can live in the now, right? You can only be happy, as happy as you are right in this moment. You can't be happy in the future and you can't be happy for yesterday and you can't have hope. But like today, like thinking back a year ago, you probably didn't have much hope. I mean, you're laying on your couch. You're like, holy shit, what am I going to do? I I haven't eaten anything. I just want to drink again. I just want to drink again. I'm just going to die here. Your best friend shows up. It's like your angel, and you got hope again. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you had hope when you went to the hospital, or do you think you had hope when you were leaving the rehab? Which where, where I do you think, think I had hope in? when I was leaving the rehab. I mean, I I think I started to get hope when I was at the rehab, but it took me a while to physically get to a point a lot longer than what I would have anticipated um, going in there. I thought, well, you know, I'll be in detox for a day or two, but I was in detox for, I think it was a about six days five or six days um and but I did have hope I came out thinking so differently I didn't think about my family I didn't compare myself I didn't judge I didn't judge at all I I and it's not to say I don't care about the people in my life that drink or still drink or maybe shouldn't drink or whatever it it, it doesn't it doesn't matter those things don't matter what matters is is me staying sober and that's all that matters and you having the hope there kept you there. Mm-hmm. Because you, most people, I don't know, most people, but people that go to rehab, they don't, they kind of just take what they need and then they're like, I'm out of here, I'm going to go back to my regular life. But you didn't. You changed it up. You changed your view on seeing things. It wasn't like you went to the old pity party like, oh my God, if you had my life, you'd do this too. You went to this is my life and I'm accepting it and I'm going to move on in just today. Yeah, and and it's hard. I mean, I I look I I when I think about the people that I went to rehab with, and but both times, I mean, I'm still kind of associated with the the first group and the first rehab. But you know, it, I mean, statistics don't lie. I mean, we, you know, you could all walk out of there thinking you are going to be that one in what fifty yeah. that stays sober. But the reality is, it can't always be you. I mean, you're not the you know, immortal. And, you know, it's just, I, I, I really just think that it's, it's just a scary place. I mean, I know, we know that there's been a lot of people 
in in our circle that have have relapsed and and people with a you know a significant amount of time and it's scary it's totally scary like i need to be diligent all the time and i was going to say like would you say that it's been hard work? Because it is work to get sober, but is it that hard? I don't think it's that hard. Would you say it's hard? I think it's hard only when you still think that there's a way out. I think that there's, when you when you clear your brain and your your brain catches up to your body, I mean, the body's the first thing to get well. I mean, thank goodness that our liver's one of the most forgiving organs, if not the most forgiving organ. But but when your, bo- your mind catches up and just realizes that, there's no there's no negotiations there's there's no well maybe maybe one day maybe that you just you have to get your head around it and you I mean and I've talked to plenty of people recently even when you and I went to the prison you know and you see how scared people are and you see People are scared. They're going. They're going out into a world where they might not even have a home or a place to go to or any support. Mm. You know, that's why I don't take it for granted. But I have I have support every day of my life, uh, and these people are leaving a place they might even have anybody to pick them up, and it's 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 very frightening. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I think that that was the biggest difference for me. And this year, I just knew that. I was going I I was going to live a life that wasn't going to be I mean the pink cloud yes have I experienced it absolutely but it doesn't mean that I'm not living a life with without disappointment without struggles without despair I mean there's things that come up you know weekly daily that that are challenges I just don't drink over them over any and all circumstances and I have to tell you because I'm lucky enough to have known you for a long time and you have changed and to watch that change is I can't even put words to it it's just like your kids and your family and you and that you you like yourself today you don't regret it you don't have self-shame you're just you're living today and that's such a gift to see as being your friend Mm -hmm. you know you are it's not like you're like oh but I can do this I can do this no you reach out you talk to people you help people you go on these commitments you we see somebody like in that jail that had been there in and out since 1996 yeah 30 years from when it when they built it in and out in and out in and out in and out and they don't get ever get the reprieve their answer is always because it always is it's, it ends if you drink it ends and you have our disease it either ends in institutions prisons or death mm-hmm. and we've seen that and it's such a gift to. Uh, and if you're out there and you're battling this you have to know like Louise is not uh, like I can say maybe that I, I, I hate to justify my bottom or unjustify my bottom but it was my bottom and my bottom might not have been where Louise's bottom was it wasn't Mm-mm. no mine was definitely I you know I was drinking I was a binge drinker and I was a single mom and every time I drank I got drunk I didn't drink every day but I came in and I was like I have to change I can't do this anymore and you went to a different place well and I think I would say to to anybody that you know 
and yes, everybody does have their, their bottom and every bottom's different. And I think that I challenged myself on that because I kept thinking, well, I'm not dead yet. I'm not, I'm not suffering yet. I'm not feeling like I'm going to die yet. I'm not one of those skinny, skinny, you're on the way out drunks. I mean, but I was, and I got to that point very quickly and had no control over it. And that what I, I got so close to the bottom and I still hear a friend of mine's husband who's very active in AA and a, a particular rehab saying to me in the stern, shitty, not friendly voice, you know, how far down is the elevator going to go until you get off? And I wanted to just say a few, you know, who are you to tell me that? my elevator is going to keep going down. I have plenty more, you know, floors to go down. Well, when in fact I was like in the basement, the last thing, you know, what, what was left a shovel to, you know, dig my grave. That was it because there was no, there was no, it was, I couldn't go any further down because I was so close to death and I, and I don't exaggerate that at all. And so, you know, for people that might think that they feel healthy or that they're not emaciated or that they can still eat and they can still, you know, keep their liquor down and all that, that means they, you know, they're buying some more time and they, believe me, don't, don't, don't chance it. Don't, don't play with that fire because I did and I, it caught up with me so fast. I, I, had, I had no idea what was happening. I, I really didn't. I can't piece together Christmas last year. I have little moments and pockets that I can remember. But overall, I really don't have a clue what happened. I was that out of it. Um, I, I, was, I was so close to death. It, it, it gives me the chills when I think about it. And people think it's just the people with cancer that are dying from this. You know, people that, from, that get diagnosed with cancer, like they're going to die. But people with alcoholism are going to die too. Like it might be longer and it might be more painful in some ways and you definitely affect your family more. And to think that you were on death's door and it was because of truly because of the fact that you were an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. My doctor at the rehab said to me, he looked at me very nice and we had a nice conversation he was going over my charts and my blood work and they had to take me off medication that was, was to be helpful to me, um, going through withdrawal, but they had to take me off because my billy rooms were so high, uh, insanely high. And, um, and he looked at my enzyme levels, the liver enzyme. And he said to me, I mean, he looked me square in the eye and he said, Louise, I just, I need you to know that if you walk out these doors, when you walk out these doors, after your 30 days here, if you pick up a drink, you will die. It, you know, that was it. He didn't have to go into any more explanation. That was it. I was going to die. I had that choice. And we all have that choice. And you might not be, it's a person who's listening, might not be at that exact place. But I too was like, if I kept going, I would have gotten there, right? It was just a matter of time. And you think that you might be, and I've heard a couple people say this in meetings recently, that they felt that they were the one that, what did they say, constitutionally incapable, yeah. that, that I put myself in that. I remember telling my father that when we were at the beach and I had an episode and I said, you know, I just think I can't, I will not, I cannot get sober. I am one of those. I am one, statistically, I am that person. You know, everybody else has a chance. I don't because of the way my brain is wired, because of the way I am wired, because of the way I think. I can't control it. 
I am doomed and I can't, I cannot recover. And I remember him looking at me and he had like this, he just looked at me with such sadness and such, you know, he was so, he was so puzzled by me saying that, but I, I just felt like it was so easy for me to say it because I, I was proving to myself, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I had no way out. You couldn't stop. Mm-mm. I could not, nothing stopped me. Nothing stopped me until I almost felt like I was not going to be able to take a step. That stopped me. Wow. Well, you're a miracle, my friend. Yeah, and, you know, and I just want to put that out there that, you know, I I mean, I'm not exaggerating. My life was was hell a year ago, and in just one year, I have everything I want. I mean... you know, do I wish things were a little bit better? Absolutely. You know, there's things that I wish didn't turn out the way they did for me. Um, but all in all, I am so happy. I am so thrilled. I'm so happy, too. I'm so happy. And your kids have their mama back. Are you going to keep doing this? We're going to keep doing this together. We yes. might even have to do it on the phone beca- or on FaceTime because I'm going to be in Florida. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's but she's going to come to Florida too and we're going to do it, it, a real okay. recording in live. Louise, congratulations. Thank you. Yay! Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank-, thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you for everybody that supports us. Reach out to us at Busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at BusyLivingSober.com. And our friend where? And our friend down in Texas. We hope you're still doing well. I didn't hear from you over the holidays, so I think Okay, everybody, happy new year. Happy new year, and keep getting busy living sober. Bye-bye.